0: You heard me. Be you and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. We're live. That is right, you guys. Oh, my God. Super excited. I'm outside on my balcony on a nice summer sweaty day. But there's some wind calming it down here with... The great, the one, the only, physical therapist, GPT, CSCS, Joe Caselli. Joe, thank you so much for coming on to talk today.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: You guys, anybody who knows Joe, and there's quite a few people in this group who do and just adore you, just know what a great human being you are. So honestly, I'm just personally excited to just be hanging out with you. Let's be real. It's nice.
1: Yeah, this is the most excitement I've had in about a month. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs>
0: Joe is just not only just a good human being on the inside and out. He has experience working with dancers on Aladdin on Broadway, but that's amazing. But what makes him even step up up another level for this dance physical therapist group is that he doesn't have a dance background. And I think this is so valuable because there are many people out there who think they can't help performers because they don't have that dance background. Would you mind talking on that a little bit for you when you first started on Aladdin on Broadway and your journey of discovering, hey, wait, I can do this?
1: Yes. Um, So my journey into the dance world was by accident. Um, It wasn't planned. Um, I've always been an orthopedic uh, and sports performance coach for the greater part of my uh, career. Um, I had a friend of mine who worked with... um, uh, Borisnikov I think his name was they call him uh, Misha anyway. Misha.
0: Yes that's no big yeah. deal. That's one yeah. hell of a name. Well drop. she worked <laughs> with
1: him for a while and she was on pregnancy leave and she says I have some dancers I need you to work with and I freaked out. I was like you know I don't I don't work with dancers. I'm a freak, I'm a meathead in the gym, you know. I I don't do that stuff. So she said uh, no you're, you're more than capable, trust me. I said fine. So I um I had these professional dancers and I don't know them by name. I mean if they're famous or not, but they they have quite a A resume and um, they for the most part came in and they told me what their injuries were and they knew right off the bat that I wasn't a typical dance physical therapist so it was like I said to myself okay well you know I'm just gonna have fun with this so (laughs) yeah so you know, all the manual therapy and the education and all that and calming their fears and letting them know that, you know, it's not as bad as it appears. And, you know, the doctor said this, well, guess what? You can do this. So for the most part, um, I just kept it simple. I, I performed what they call a gap analysis. Um, I, I, I just said, hey, what can't you do in your dance, in your dance routine? And I identified that, whatever it was. And then I, and then I, 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 I determined what they needed to do. And I just closed the gap through, you know, starting in a safe or a very safe starting point and just progressively grading them up to where they need to be. And, you know, they found out that, yes, okay, he seems like he knows what he's doing. It's okay. Even though he doesn't look like a dancer, (laughs) but that's how it happened. So I I started getting referrals and then, um, I, I, I started working for, um, I got a call from her where she says, you know, you, you did okay. You did better than you thought. They liked you. Um, so I have another referral for you. Um, Paul Taylor dance, uh, modern dance company. So I was like, okay, um, well they're on the contract with somebody else. He no, you're going to treat the boss. So I said, okay. So the boss, everybody in the, in the dance world knows who Paul Taylor is. He's, uh, he's an icon and, um, he fractured his femur at the time. He's no longer with us, so I can talk about it, but, um, uh, I, I, rehabbed him and he was a tough cookie. And from there, I, I kind of worked Um, with some of the dancers um, informally Um, and I've noticed you know in my travels that a lot of these dance companies a lot of dancers are kind of work with like the same therapist like there's only they all have like they're under one particular you know therapist and they're not really branched out and um, it was hard for me to penetrate that but I did better than I thought and I started introducing some of the dancers to basic strength training and at first they were like well I never did this before. And I says, what do you mean you never did this before? I said, well, you know, I, I never did a goblet squat. I never did, you know, um, a Romanian deadlift. I never did this. I never did that. I says, well, what do you do? And that's where I said to myself, wow, this is like an area that really needs needs work. I mean, there's, there's little is known about dance training. I mean, from what I understand, and I'm sure you can attest to it, is that uh, most dancers, practice the same routine over and over again by design it's kind of like you're there's an unstable load and you're trying to bring it into midline or centering and and work there and that's it practice it over and over and over again and there's really no cross training there's no there's no conditioning
0: nothing to even out and help out the body with all the movements you should be doing on a regular basis so only certain movements get
1: favored Mm -hmm. yeah so um so I, i i got to work Well, I got to observe backstage some live performances and what I found quite interesting, although very surprising and perplexing was that we see these dancers as very conditioned athletes. Um, at least they come across that way and some of their routines are like two to three minutes or so. And when they came backstage, they were gassed like their oxygen, you know, their VO2 max had to be really, really low. And yeah. I just, I couldn't believe it. And um, I, I just, it had me wondering like, what exactly do they do? They don't do much, you know, in terms of conditioning. So that's where I saw an opportunity um, to, to try to um, service this 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 population.
0: Yeah, it's so great. And then I, 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 I knew you would naturally get into cross training. That's the thing. You, I, w- for those who don't know before we bopped on when he was messaging me earlier today joe was like so wait am i talking because you know i'm not a dancer you you always say that you're like i'm not a dancer so what are we talking about yes cross training i think it's great let's talk about because you now know because you've worked in my dance bt program you know with the ballerina is always working turned out and everything and you know now more the look that they're going even in tondus with this whole turnout thing. So you know these muscles that are getting overworked and also the muscles get, that are getting up, underworked. So let's talk about how just everything you do in the cross training and, and strength training you're referring to in parallel. Can you go into how alone that can make such a huge difference for a dancer to excel?
1: So um – what I've seen and what I've read in the research, which little there is, is that dancers um, they seem to have a low muscle endurance. Like they can do just what they can do, but no more. And and what I and, and so for instance, there, there's there's some literature that that supports that. Well, dancers have pelvic imbalances. Now, I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, in terms of a biomechanical model. Um, it, to me, it means that maybe these muscles are not firing optimally because. There's low muscle endurance, all right. So you look at the muscles, stabilize the pelvis. Um, you know your external rotators, your glute max, um, your ab- your other abductors, and of course some of your um, abdominal muscles as well. And 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 you just work with that as your baseline, and then you just just test and retest and retest and and see. But um, <clears throat> I incorporate more load. So in other words. You know, you have your clamshells and all your basic stuff and your street leg raises and, you know, dancers love BOSU balls. But, you know. Is it actually functional with where they need to get? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, I've watched these dancers. And they they said, well, I, I, I spent an hour on the BOSU ball. I says, okay, so you're good at standing on the BOSU ball. But is it really carrying over to to dancing? You know, is it carrying over to these 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 movements that where, where you're deficient, you know, where, so, so you find where they're deficient and you progressively load it. And, it, and it, this sounds crazy. It's not rocket science. All right. But No, I
0: like it. You're simplifying it. Cause for some people, this feels like such a, like, they're like, Oh, but yeah. I don't know Irish dancing, but I don't know jazz dancing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's simpler.
1: So, so for instance, I had a, the last dancer at Aladdin had a, uh, a medial collateral strain at least that's what they appeared uh, based on the mechanism yeah and um they couldn't bear too much weight on it and they were a pronator as well so um what we did was we calmed you know we calmed the tissue down for whatever it is we just you know modified the activity did some some light body work body weight work and then we loaded it so it says okay so if you if you have trouble leaning to one side Okay, you know we start a body weight and then we load it with either a kettlebell a weighted ball or I use sandbags I use weighted sandbags and I just shift and shift until I can they can tolerate You know moving on that and then from there um, I'll move to more functional stuff like moving in all three dimensions Like in other words transverse plane the frontal plane and of course the sagittal plane um, So that's basically all it is. It's just loading an area that's that, or, or a particular movement that's deficient and then and then watching their confidence you know grow because yeah. a lot of times it's, it's it, there's a confidence factor too like well I'm afraid to put my knee in, you know because well, that's I'm where they're experiencing
0: to, the pain so they're just like oh they want to keep running away from it which is as we know making it worse
1: why are you limping well you know I'm not supposed to put weight on it who told you that put more weight on the heel let's see your roll oh you know what that feels better it's simple yeah. there's no rocket science here Right, right. The market
0: sites. I have a question about the sandbags. Now, were there sandbags at the theater or were you transporting them?
1: <laughs> I transported them.
0: Oh my God, that's crazy. I had a feeling. How well, heavy they came, were they?
1: So I have sandbags. Um, you could load them up to 75 pounds, but I only brought in 25 pounds. So filling up oh, sand, okay. you, you could buy sand at Home Depot literally for like five bucks for like 50 pounds. And, you know, that comes with the containers. You just dump it in and that's it. But they're great because.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's actually really inexpensive. Okay. That's smart. So yeah, you get so the sand at Home Depot and then you get the bags there as well. And you can just. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. great. And I just, I just work in different planes of motion until their low tolerance improves. Simple stuff. Not rocket science.
0: Wait, did you put it? Wait. Okay. I want to get into these sandbags again because I'm just, I love it. So do you have like a scale that you put on like at the grocery store and then you like kind of put in the sand? How do you know the weight? So
1: so um, the bags themselves, yeah. um, they, there's three of them. It comes with three of them. It's the model I brought. It was called Extreme. I got it from um, uh, Gopher Fitness. You know, that's the company. Anyway, right. for, the, for the most part, um, you fill them up with sand and then I just weigh them. And, you know, 25 pounds. Oh,
0: like day. on like a human scale? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it.
1: But even, thinking but, like, but even if it's at or around that, it's still a load. Yeah. It's a load. It's a, it's a good load. It's functional. You know. Yeah. I'll have them drape it over their shoulders on one side. Um, it's I just so, it's
0: such a portable thing. I think about it in the in New York City specifically. It's a very portable thing, which is yes. cool.
1: Um, You can use kettlebells. You can use dumbbells. I mean.
0: But those are clunkier to carry. Whereas sandbags, yeah. I just feel like that's it would be you could put in your backpack. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's.
1: Ideally, they should come to the clinic. <laughs> ideally.
0: Sure. Ideally. Ideally. Yes, this is true. This is um, true. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. What are other, was there any other situation with an injury that came your way that seemed foreign or was it always that simple, the approach every time with the dancer of just taking where they needed to be and backtracking to therefore bring them back to it?
1: Yeah. Uh, Wait, can you rehash that? I'm sorry. All right, It, it broke so, up a little bit.
0: So, no problem. So wh- you were just saying what I did is I see, okay, you're having difficulty with your medial collateral doing this particular motion. Let's make it lighter until we can get you fully back into that motion. And then of course, in all planes, that makes sense. Was that a similar approach that you took with a lot of things that worked a system um, that worked pretty simply or were there some instances where you got a little stuck, had to like go back to things? Just would love to hear more stories. Right. It doesn't have to be the same, but just
1: for so, people listening. Right, so um, it, for the most part, the injuries that I mostly see
0: yeah.
1: is, is knee injuries and back injuries from, yeah. for dancers. Um, believe it or not, I haven't seen many ankle problems and and they're probably the most common. Um, and then and then there's- But
0: all- that's also the show. Aladdin is very specific movement. So it's it goes to show what their choreography is right. that would make the difference.
1: Well, what I, what yeah. I found what I found with uh, the Aladdin show was that it's a it's a steel um, uh, stage, it's it's a steel stage. So they all seemed I saw a trend over nine months that they all complained of of vague knee pain and lower back pain, and and to be honest with you, you know we 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 all dump everything into lower back pain, but a lot of it was a combination of. Uh, SI joint pain or sacral, some sort of sacral pain. Like when they point to it, you know, that's where they feel it, you know. And then, of course, um, you know, hip, hip pain. So I was like, hmm. And then they all complain the same thing. It's a very, very hard surface. It's not forgiving. And if you're doing two shows a day, um, you know, eight to ten shows a week, it, it kind of, you know, besides overuse, it's, um, it's, a, it's a loading issue too, overloading perhaps.
0: Yeah and if there's any deficits in ankle mobility or glute strength in the first place it's going to go somewhere else even faster I would imagine because of that hard non-forgiving surface.
1: Yeah. Um, my back pain became uh, hip pain. My hip became pain my hip pain became knee pain. That's what that's what it was it was kind of trending. And um, I said, look, I can't change the surface for you. <laughs> right. I, you know. well,
0: add some cushion. That'd be interesting to add shoes with cushion that could make up for the lack of, the, well, I don't know, if that we, we, we
1: talked, we talked about that as well, but I don't like to mess around with that. Um, because it kind of throws off their proprioception. They sure. want to, they want to be comfortable, but a lot of them have to wear like high heel shoes and, and um, you know, wooden shoes. They're not wearing, you know, comfortable um, footwear. So there's a lot of factors involved, but it, it's beyond the scope of your practice.
0: Wait, when did they wear wooden shoes? Which costume is that in um, Aladdin?
1: I mean, I've seen them with six-inch shoes. Um, I'm like, how the hell do you, you, know, you stand oh. for like you know, an hour and a half doing this? Um, It's technically
0: not. If you think about it in a Broadway show, the theater performers, like say the ensemble, they come on for a number, but then they're off changing, sitting down. It's actually not consistent. It's more during the rehearsal time. It's random glass on the ground. So I'm just picking it up, but definitely in the rehearsal time is where they're actually on their feet and dancing so much more than they will once mm -hmm. the Broadway show begins.
1: Yeah. Um, So um, that's basically what I saw um and um nothing really changes like i said it's a gap analysis. what can't you do show me what you can't do how did you how did you hurt yourself is this is this a is this a type of position or something that you do um how many times do you do it you know well i i do it i kick my leg up above my shoulder level approximately 37 times per show ah okay
0: Got it. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. Was there ever a time I, I'm giving going slightly off of cross training, but we already discussed it's important. So I'm just now interested, and I'm sure others are because we're talking about Aladdin. Okay. So that being said, so we're going back to the Broadway. So with the people wanting to come on the stage, wanting to come on the stage and. Was there ever a time where you were like, actually, even if we modify it, it's the worst time for you to do that? Did that ever come up? Or were there always ways you could figure out for them to modify to get on the stage?
1: So there was there was times where there was nothing we could do to modify anything. Um, we just had to calm it down. Um, we had to calm them down somehow. Um, anything from, you know... It could be like just anti-inflammatories, whatever it was they, they were taken. It was all, I mean, I said to myself, maybe it's just providing a placebo effect on you. Could It just, to me, I just said, look, this is your livelihood. And you could just take a couple of days off. I can't do that. All right. So let's see, maybe we can position you a certain way or maybe we can work on that kick. Maybe that kick needs a better way. Maybe you need to kick a little more efficiently. You know, there's, there's certain things you can look at, um, you know. It's it's tough sometimes. You can't just tell somebody, "Hey, let's shut it down." It doesn't work that way.
0: It does not work that way. They does are not work. Broadway. The way. Years ago, big one, yeah.
1: The doctors would the orthopedic doctor would say, "Hey, you know, let's shut you down for 2 weeks." I'm like, "No, well, we don't do that." So then go to PT 3 times a week. Okay. So what I noticed is that a lot of a lot of dancers and a lot of performers, they love to be rubbed. <laughs> oh, and, and I, I said, them. "Look, um, you know, I could I could rub it out for you. I could work on, you can mobilize your spine, manipulate your neck, whatever you want. That's fine. But it's going to be just a temporary fix. We need to load that tissue. We need to make you more resilient. So, majority of the time, it's it's just about first listening more than anything. Listening to them and 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 just being understanding to them because it seems like a lot of people they talk to the orthopedic doctors, the managers, they're very short and terse. You know, one thing that I find with us is that one of the most powerful tools, I think, is listening. When someone sees that you're listening, I think they start to come down and say somebody actually cares. You know, so guess what? You know, it's not as bad as you think. It's a little irritable now, you know, but let's see what we can do. You know, it's just a little bit of instilling some confidence and hope. Now, of course, if there's something structurally wrong, then, you know, I'm not going to sell any hope. You know, we might have to shut you down. But I think a lot of times listening and quelling their fears, demystifying and, and, and kind of, um, um, you know, debunking whatever these, 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 these things that have been told to them. Well, you know, um, it's this, it's that. I may not be able to do this or my career's in jeopardy, you know. A lot of fear monitoring. Part of my job is, is, is telling them that they're a lot more resilient than they think they are. Yeah. You know? Simple.
0: Yeah. I love that. Joe. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. This was perfection. I just so not, enjoy you.
1: So we're not going to talk about periodization and uh, strength theory and all? Oh, okay, no Oh, do you want to go? I mean, no. we can. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody because I think the average average attention span is like eight seconds.
0: <laughs> Which, well, I mean, that's why I try to just go for like 20 to 30 minutes for these interviews. Just short, a little, a little like quick little glimpse of that. We can go into a whole like cross or anything, but that would be a whole course. We're not doing that. We're just kind of introducing the concept, getting the brains to think of the possibility. And honestly, most importantly, I think the fact that you don't have the dance background, I think is very, very huge. I think that is very encouraging to all of us, even people with the dance background, we've got this. There's a lot of naysaying out there, which I bring up all the time, but just literally you just connecting with what you know. And then of course surrounding yourself with only supportive people, not the assholes, we're great. All right. Joe, where can we find you on social media? Because you love social media so much. <laughs>
1: um, if people want
0: to find you online, how can they find you? Would you prefer email? Like, where where can they go? I need to see Joe Castelli,
1: Doctor Joe about. Physio, Doctor Joe Physio on Instagram. Um, but I, I don't really inundate um, content on Instagram. I just, you know, you're it, like,
0: I'm here. Hi. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna probably change that, but. Um, I'm I kind of like I do the opposite. I thought social media was about being social, um, not about you know sending out content after content. And well, now that you're in- seeing
0: the opportunity during the pandemic. Am I right? Am I right? Absolutely.
1: Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and of course I work downtown, and then I work uptown twice a week, uh, Upper East Side. Um, I'm, in Sh- I'm, located, I'm in Chelsea on West Twenty Third and Sixth.
0: It's awesome. I love that. And then do you have a website or a place in which you work where people can look you up and be like, yeah, oh, it's up-
1: Joe www.sportphysionewyork.com.
0: Sportphysionewyork.com. Awesome, Joe. You know I I freaking love you. You're awesome. You're the bomb, Dig. best really. fan for life. You give me more life.
1: credit than I deserve.
0: <laughs> nah, nah. Humble, humble pie. You guys, write down uh, love Joe down below if you love Joe. <laughs> nah,
1: no, exactly. it's a great group.
0: Lots of them because sure. you're just great.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming on, too. <laughs> right. I like what you do. I like what you do. All right, All bye, right. everybody.
1: Have a good one.